0: Welcome to the Just What I Needed to Hear podcast with Yoga Farm Ithaca, where we teach you how to live the principles of yoga both on your mat and off the mat in the living curriculum of your precious life. Every one of you gives a lot and does a lot and has a lot of responsibilities and and the practices, the physical yoga is healing for the body, it's therapeutic for the body, the breath work tones the nervous system, modifies, moderates the nervous system, and it can build energy. It can clean out stinking thinking it can tease it out. And the meditations are where you get to come home to yourself, where you find that that deep acceptance that nobody can mess with. Once you have that, once you find that, once you connect with the Self, capital S, you have a, a way of navigating life's challenges with ease. It doesn't make the challenges go away. It just means that you have greater skill in navigating between the three, those three core practices. The physical yoga is essential. The body needs to stretch and to move. Our joints get tight, body gets stiff, back gets sore. Things get sore. And even if you have unlimited funds, you can't go to massage therapy and chiropractic enough to deal with that. So that's what yoga is for, to stretch out. The breathing practices can up-level your nervous system, down-regulate your nervous system, help settle the mind more into the living moment at play, build energy. Bastrika is an incredible one for building energy. If you're tired, they call it yogic coffee. And then the meditations themselves are where you get to land in your actual experience. They're an integrative process for letting all the things that swirl through your mind all day come home. You know, Birds are amazing and they, they roost at night. They come home to roost. How many of you have had chickens or guineas or emus or something, right? The birds, they may fly and fly and fly, and they come home to roost, they land. So the meditations are where all of those thoughts, judgments, criticisms, hopes, dreams, fantasies, desires, you know, addictions, longing for freedom, everything, the whole mess of it can come home to roost and you'll feel more peaceful afterwards. Remember during meditation, you may feel Your your sense might be that there's even more thoughts, more chatter, usually because you're paying attention to it. So you're like, whoa, that's going on and this and that and this and that. And after the meditation, you feel better. Just like after sleep, you feel rested. When you're exhausted at night, and you lay down to go to sleep, you don't expect that you'll be rested when you're going to sleep. You expect that you'll be rested afterwards. Do you follow? It's after sleep that you feel rested, not before sleep, not during sleep. After a good night's sleep, your body is rested. After meditation, your mind is clear, not during meditation. During meditation is when the, when the house cleaning is going on. Okay? So it may feel like popcorn of ideas and thoughts and feelings and all swirling around and you don't even know which end is up, and that's okay because they're coming home to roost. So afterwards, they feel a little bit better. So that's the sign that these practices are working, isn't can you do a better handstand, isn't can you sit cross-legged for longer, it's how do you feel during your day? What is your mind like during your day? What is your self-talk like during your day? That's the fruits of these practices and it, and it builds over time and with regular practice, eventually your life will become unrecognizable because that the bliss of the self, the joy within, rises up spontaneously. It's overflowing because you've been nourishing and nurturing and filling your own cup and it just starts to spill over other people will notice that something's different and it takes a month or two or longer typically a month or two one of my teachers said 40 days finish it like go for it stop messing around do your practice every day set it aside make the time go through it clean it up do the yoga do the meditation 40 days like Finish the process. Whatever time you have is okay. You get to an appointment early and you're sitting in the waiting room. Do you have to look at this? Is it really that important? Or can those things wait? Can you use those five minutes to sit with yourself and to tune within? That's what pratyahara means. It means, it's commonly translated as withdrawal of the senses, and it really means giving your senses an alternate food. Giving them something else to nibble on instead of what you see, what you feel, what you hear, what he says, what she says, the whole outer world, everything, which a hundred years from now, what of all that's gonna matter, right? Gone. Nobody's gonna remember what he said or she said in a hundred years, forget about it. It's not gonna happen. Everything that you do, everything that I do, all of our work, all of our our precious projects, none of it's gonna matter in a hundred years. Okay, maybe one of us here will have some kind of impact 100 years from now, right? And that doesn't mean we're better, it just means some things last a little longer. And 100 years ago, it was 1921, can you even imagine, 200 years ago, it was 1821, people still lived in log cabins, like who remembers what happened in 1821, it's gone. So while you have this this human birth and this precious body and this ability to choose and to cultivate your awareness, a little bit of time each day, five minutes to an hour, whatever you have, and you're choosing to do it. You're saying, oh, this is, I'm taking this time for me. This is for me. I'm worth it. I'm worth my time and my attention. So we give our senses, the alternate food, pratyahara. doesn't mean withdraw, like that out there is bad and I'm going to withdraw. It means for just a little while I'm going to look within. I'm going to turn my gaze within. I'm going to turn my hearing within. I'm going to turn my sense of smell within, my sense of feeling and touch within and yoke it to the breath, the life-giving breath that is always, always, always ongoing. That's my wish for each of you. My primary conviction is that meditation, using the word very broadly, that meditation can free us from unnecessary suffering, anxiety, and depression. From unnecessary suffering, which is the stories the mind spins, from anxiety, which is constantly putting our attention in a time that isn't now. generally a forward-looking affliction, anxiety. What if this, worry about that, what about that? This might happen, that might not happen. And depression is often a, a backwards, like, oh, this happened and that happened and things are so bad. This doesn't mean that you don't have challenging life situations and that there haven't been horrific traumas inflicted on you and on friends and on family, or a, a world of confusion so we hurt each other. And you can take this one step away from that confusion, away from that world of hurt, by using your senses and turning them within, just for a few minutes. And then your mind settles, clarity dawns, the light of the self starts to pour through, out your smile and out your eyes, and you can be an uplifting presence for another, There's fun math here. If every single one of us is helpful to one person, think about it for a moment. If you're an uplifting presence to one person and everybody else is an uplifting presence to one person, how many people get uplifted? Everyone. So you don't have to be on some world stage in front of thousands of people. And please do. that's what you want if that's your Dharma is to teach in front of large groups then yay and who's the person closest to you can you back off of your judgment and your criticisms of them and ask them more insightful questions and try to be a more uplifting accepting presence for those closest to you that's the fruits of the practice And then your life will become a lot more fun, right? Like Daniela likes to teach, for God's sake, have fun, right? If not for your own sake, for God's sake, have fun.